views expressed on this episode of Walking Through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions with Chris Schroeder do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or our affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Here's those two guys who investigate prior to contempt, Chris and the Monty Man. Well, greetings, family, and welcome to Take12Radio.com and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Welcome to our brand new show, Walking Through the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, or Walking Through the 12 by 12, if you rather, uh, with my co-host, Chris Schroeder, who, uh, if if you remember, for those of you who... uh, and we have listened to it online or have purchased a DVD. Uh, Chris also uh, did the workshops for Walking Through the Big Book, which, by the way, is still available for you. Um, you can just click at the link at the bottom of this page if you want to pick one of those up. Uh, Chris, welcome to part one of Walking Through the 12 by 12. Monty, it's really great to be doing something with you again. It's, it's been a while. It's been several years, I think. Yeah, it's been a while, brother. We've worked together, and I'm really pleased to be back doing this. Yeah. This is awesome. Uh, you, uh, God has given you a gift, not just of public speaking, but but of uh, being able to study this stuff and really communicate it with people so they can get a deeper understanding of what's really going on. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I hope I hope I don't mess things up here, but I wanted to ask you um, as soon as you get done with the the forward of the book uh if you don't answer it before i ask you um is really vital and i've been bragging to everybody about what it is and and you'll catch on in a few minutes but where do you want to start at Uh, well i'd like to start at the the forward um to the the 12 and 12 uh that is that's based that's basically in the very beginning uh and i'll tell you what i'd like like to start with the introduction the introduction and then the forward, and then we'll, move, you know, if we have enough time uh, tonight, we'll move on to step sure. one. Would that work? That works. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm using uh, I'm using a book uh, called the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, and this is um, it was copyright 1952. It was first printed in 1953, and basically where this where this book came from. Was it came from a series of grapevine articles uh, that, that Bill Wilson put together on the traditions. And to put them in a book, to basically gather the traditions and put them in a book, it was his idea to add uh, the essays on the steps, which we, you know, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be covering in the next uh, 12 weeks or so. Uh, so the idea was uh, to get the traditions out uh, to as many people as possible so that they became... Uh, the operational methodology of the meetings, and to make sure that this book would actually sell, uh, it was uh, it was Bill Wilson's idea uh, to throw the uh, the essays on the steps in, because he knew that that would uh, uh, essays on the steps or a book uh, further uh, further uh, identifying and describing 
uh, the 12 steps was going to be a big seller. Uh, right, so, because because how many people do we know already with in 12 step fellowships that 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 say all the time, I didn't read the traditions until years later because I thought they were too businesslike. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's really true. The, you know, the, the traditions are not something that are a lot of fun. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, we have, we have a self-help type of a spirit, right. uh, uh, many of us. And what we want is we want to read something that's going to uh, immediately uh, make a positive change, help us have a positive change in our lives. And when you look at the traditions, you know, one of the things that's said a lot in, uh, in different 12-step fellowships are, you know, the traditions are all about uh, the group and keeping the group uh, from splitting apart, keeping a group healthy. Uh, but the, the real fact of the matter is, is even in the traditions, and hopefully we'll get a chance to discuss some of this, but even in the traditions are spiritual principles that are applicable to us as human beings. And... Uh, we will get a chance to talk about uh, talk about those too, but um, the you know the the twelve traditions are are not uh, not as much fun as the twelve steps. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, hopefully we'll be we'll be covering all of it. So all right. anyway, I'm going to start on the introduction here. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous first published twelve steps and twelve traditions in 1953. Bill W., who, along with Dr. Bob, founded Alcoholics Anonymous in 1935, wrote the book to share 18 years of collective experience within the fellowship on how AA members recover and how our society functions. In recent years, some members and friends of AA asked if it would be wise to update the language, idioms, and historical references in the book to present a more contemporary image for the fellowship. However, because the book has helped so many alcoholics find recovery, there exists strong sentiment within the fellowship against any change to it. In fact, in the 2002 General Service Conference uh, discussed this issue, and it was unanimously recommended that the text in the book 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, written by Bill W., remain as is, recognizing the fellowship's feelings that Bill's writing be retained as originally published. We hope that the collective spiritual experience of the AA pioneers captured in these pages continues to help alcoholics and friends of AA understand the principles of our program. And one thing that this this brings to mind, Monty, when I when I read it, is uh, they're they're kind of apologizing for the fact that the language seems dated uh, in the book. I think it's even more dated when you read uh, the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, you know my my personal my personal feelings uh, about it are is I also believe uh, that the language should be uh, should be left alone. Uh, I don't. I would really hesitate to trust any one any one language, right. especially if it has to do with uh, the general service office or the people who uh, do the, the translations and the publications in that branch of general service. I would, I, would, I would be, you know, I would be incredibly uh, 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 reluctant uh, to say, yeah, they should go ahead and do that. But there's, there's a magic in the words that Bill Wilson penned. He was incredibly careful uh, selecting language. He was trained as an attorney. 
And uh, as you as you might know, uh, Monty, um, a, a lot of times, uh, much of what legal law is, is it has to do with uh, with language and interpreting language uh, in, in a specific way for contract law and things like that. So Bill was incredibly careful in the words that he chose. And these, these words may seem dated to you and me. However, they were incredibly carefully picked uh, by him to mean exactly what uh, he, he meant. And because of that, I think, I think there's, a, there's a very, very uh, fresh, a very powerful, a very potent uh, spiritual experience to be had uh, by, uh, by digesting his words. And then, even more importantly, uh, taking uh, those directions and those principles and turning them into your own experience. And, uh, uh, you know, if we were to, if we were to allow people, uh, you know, to get in there and dig into this and bring it, in, you know, bring it into, you know, the, the 20, uh, 21st century as far as language, uh, I, I, they could do nothing but mess it up. Right, and, I agree. And that's basically what, <laughs> how I feel about it. Yeah. All right, let's look at the let's look at the forward. Alcoholics Anonymous is a worldwide fellowship of more than one hundred thousand alcoholic men and women who are banded together to solve their common problems and to help fellow sufferers in recovery from that age old baffling malady, alcoholism. You know, uh, more than one hundred thousand. They certainly are more than one hundred thousand. Right. Uh, it's they're estimated at over two million in two thousand eleven. And that's an estimate because Alcoholics Anonymous has challenges when it does censuses. And even when it does censuses, uh, which is basically sending out to all known home groups a list of questions about the fellowship, about their specific fellowship, even when they do that, there's a hundred ways that, uh, that the data can get skewed. So, you know, it's my opinion from what I've, what I've seen and experienced we're some, there are somewhere between two and four million alcoholics who, who go to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Uh, they have uh, they have estimates of about two million from some of their statistics, but there are meetings that go unrepresented in, in any intergroup or, or any general service uh, structure. There are meetings in people's homes. There are online meetings. There, there are there's no way to get accurate figures because it's an anonymous fellowship. There's no real way to get accurate figures. This book deals with the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. It presents an explicit view of the principles by which AA members recover and by which their society functions. So the first part of the book on the 12 steps is an explicit view of the principles by which AA members recover and that's, again, there's, there's some controversy in different areas uh, uh, today about the term recover, uh, recovering, slowly re, uh, uh, sure. recovering, you know, recovery. There's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of controversy about that, and I think you and I will have some, some discussion on that in a few, in a few different times uh, as we move through this. But I think it's important to understand that the 12 steps are the spiritual principles uh, where, whereby alcoholics recover. And so often today, people think that by sending someone into 
a 12-step meeting, whether it's AA, NA, uh, CA, or whatever, by by meeting attendance, they are going to recover. And that's that's just not uh, that's not accurate. And that's probably the first misconception that I think that should be um, uh, should be changed in anyone's mind who is is looking at. Um, 12-step fellowships and 12-step recovery as a solution for either themselves or the people that they care about. They need to understand that that meeting attendance is a far cry from recovery. It's actually the 12-step recovery process that brings about recovery, not attendance at the meetings. Right, because because that shows us what our what our true need is, and and uh, that's what happened to me. And uh, we hear things like. Go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Put the plug in the drug. Don't drink in between meetings. And, and that stuff can work for somebody who's who perhaps is a heavy drinker or just needs to grow up. But for the chronic alcoholic, it doesn't seem to be too successful. Uh, I, I so agree with you uh, on that. If you, if you follow the, uh, the description of the alcoholic, which you really find in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, but there is also some great uh, language about it in this book, especially in step one, if you use that as a defining line of what an alcoholic is, you will definitely find, like like all of the fellowships, there are probably a majority of the people in uh, the fellowships do not meet uh, the, descript- the description of the alcoholic or the drug addict. Uh, that you get in the literature. Mm-hmm. Many, many have found that the, the rooms of AA or the rooms of NA or the rooms of CA or the rooms of Al-Anon or whatever, they've found that those rooms are comforting and supportive. And they got there one way or another, uh, and they have not been, uh, you know, they've, they've not been uh, uh, basically uh, 12-stepped or, or they, they haven't been qualified by any experienced members they just kind of landed in the fellowship and you know joined up and everything's great and they they really haven't done the the defining work that you need to do to find out what is an alcoholic yeah am i I an alcoholic and and so so uh what's really happened is uh many of these 12-step fellowships have become uh more like self-help groups more like support groups and they've they've lost the primary purpose of uh, of uh, the teaching and practice of the twelve steps and helping other people recover from alcoholism through the application of the twelve steps. They've become something else. Yeah, they've become a place, become a place to share, a place to have coffee and socialize. And I'm not even saying, Monty, that, that that's that's a bad thing. I I think that if you have a problem with alcohol, you should. You should do whatever you need to do to take care of that problem. Or if you have a problem with drugs, you should do whatever you need to do to take care of that problem with drugs. And certainly the 12-step fellowships are going to help you do that. But there is a difference between an alcoholic and an alcohol abuser and a drug addict and a drug abuser. There, there, there is. And we're going to be covering in the next week or two what those differences are and how to identify both yourself or people that you're working with, because it's important. Yeah, I, I, it's a matter of life and death. It, you know, uh, if you're not an alcoholic, if you're if you're just someone who really needs to quit drinking, because you know 
you've got a real problem with, with alcohol, you just need to quit drinking. Uh, that That's a whole different ball game than somebody who is powerless over alcohol. Sure. Uh, there's a whole another level of urgency uh, that you need to be paying attention to if you if you identify yourself as an alcoholic than you do as if you you realize that you're drinking too much. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely, man. Okay, AA's twelve steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which, if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully. I love that paragraph so much, I have memorized it, Monty. I am serious. Because this says, this paragraph says so much. It says, what are the 12 steps? The 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature. What do the 12 steps accomplish? The 12 steps, if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. So not only does the taking of the 12 steps expel the obsession to drink, which is a real important thing if you're an alcoholic, but it also helps you with your unmanageable life. You can, you can become happy and usefully whole through the, the, practice and, uh, uh, the practice and application of the 12 steps. That is such an important statement right there. And, and when you do that, when you really do that, uh, at least when I did, and so many people that I know were taken through that and, and uh, applied and implemented those, something happened. Those steps showed me a need for a power greater than myself that just coming to meetings and reading them on the wall could not do. Absolutely. Yeah. There's another statement in the book Alcoholics Anonymous that says, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. So one of, one of the great, great misunderstandings uh, about alcoholism and about the treatment of alcoholism comes when you're talking about the practice of spiritual principle. Alcoholism is the alcoholic's problem. Uh, spiritual living and the, the practice of spiritual principles is the alcoholic's solution. That is such a difficult concept mm. to grasp unless you actually have experience with it. Now, someone who is alcoholic, who has recovered from alcoholism, who has taken the steps and is now firmly implanted in steps 10, 11, and 12 with, uh, with a, a prayer and meditation uh, discipline and actually helping other alcoholics uh, recover by taking them through the steps, Someone who has had that experience and is about that business has a complete different perspective on alcoholism and recovery than someone who has not experienced that. Someone who doesn't have that experience really doesn't understand the 12-step process and really doesn't understand the 12-step fellowship, although they won't admit that or even believe it. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, I know lots of people like that, my friend. Uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I do too. And unfortunately, a lot of those people are people who, who, who uh, as a profession, treat alcoholics and treat drug addicts. As a profession, they're counselors or they run treatment centers or they're psychiatrists or psychologists or medical doctors 
who who you know who, who are uh, running up uh, the the clinical program for a treatment center. They they have no experience with this type of recovery. So all they can possibly do is run around all day long treating symptoms. And if all you do is treat symptoms, like, you know, how we present psychologically or psychiatrically, those are symptoms. They're not the problem. The problem is alcoholism. If, if people are treating symptoms all the time and not getting to the root cause, which the root cause is a separation from from themselves, man, and God, that's, the, that's really the root cause of alcoholism. If, if you're not about the business of helping someone to treat that, you're just going to be treating symptoms, and some of the symptoms will get better, but the person will remain alcoholic, remain drug addicted, and 15 minutes after you're not watching them anymore, they're going to be drunk or they're going to be using again. And then the treatment center or, or, or the IOP or the counselor is going to go, well, you must not want it. Very, no, no, it's not that they didn't want it, you moron. It's <laughs> you, were treating, you were treating symptoms. You're, you know, so, so this person is powerless over drugs and alcohol. They, they, are not, they are not, you know, they don't need more counseling. They're powerless over drugs and alcohol. You counseling them isn't going to help. You putting them in group is not going to help. You know, you, you showing them Father Martin movies till the cows come home is not going to help. They are powerless over alcohol. True words have never been spoken. <laughs> you can charge $80,000 a month and yeah. put them up right on the beach if you want. If you're not getting them to the power, they aren't going to stay sober. That's right. Uh, NA's 12 traditions apply to the life of the fellowship itself. They outline the means by which AA maintains its unity and relates itself to the world about it, the way it lives and grows. Through the essays which follow, were written mainly for members. Right. Today. Those are just the ones we know about. One of the new ones uh, that I just heard about is, is, um, uh, is Chapstick Anonymous. No way. <laughs> now, this is a fellowship uh, to treat that that unbelievably aggressive, uh, addictive tendency to put too much chapstick on your lips and, 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 all, and all the horror that can come, uh, you know, and befall you when, you, uh, when you've become obsessed with that, uh, that travesty. Uh, but, uh, you know, all kidding aside, Anything that's obsessive compulsive, anything that, that is is caused by um, uh, uh, by a spiritual unmanageability, and anything like that can be can be treated with this twelve step process. So, so addictions, uh, uh, obsessive compulsive behaviors, many things that people uh, just become uh, caught up in can be treated with the twelve steps. All you need to do is change the first step uh, to identify the common problem, and in the 12th step, make sure that you're carrying the message to people with the common problem, and you've got yourself a 12-step fellowship. Right, right. So, many people, non-alcoholics, report that as a result of the practice of AA's 12 steps, they have been able to meet other difficulties of life. They think that the 12 steps can mean more than sobriety for problem drinkers. 
they see in them a way to happy and effective living for many, alcoholic or not. And certainly that's true. Monty, from your own experience, I know that you have a personal working uh, experience with the 12 steps. Uh, I don't know about, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for you when I say our lives opened up after we did this. Uh, we, you know, we, uh, we knew a new freedom and a new happiness. Absolutely. Every, everything changed. Everything changed. And, and it, it was from the inside, you know, out. Uh, uh, my friend Bruce, uh, who does Wednesdays with us, talks about how for years, you know, we're always looking for books and counseling and, and meeting attendance and all this stuff, and all this outside stuff, when really the change occurs um, from the inside. And it's, it's an absolutely amazing thing. This is why you hear a lot of people say, I can't believe I used to be that guy or that gal. Who was that person? Yeah, uh, it, it truly is unbelievable. Uh, a spiritual awakening is basically what the 12 steps are. Yeah. You know, let's, let's pretend we've read the book and we're jumping all the way to the end to see what the end is like. The end of the end of the twelve step book is having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to other alcoholics. Having a spiritual awakening because of doing the steps means that our spirit has awakened. Conversely, it means that prior to working these steps, we are spiritually asleep and we don't even know it. Yeah, we are walking around spiritually numb. And, and spirituality is the treatment for addictive illness. So we must wake up our spirit. We must connect our spirit uh, to the great reality. Uh, we, we, we must. Um, and that's the genius of what Bill and Bob in the first 100 discovered. They discovered that you do not, you do not treat alcoholism with sobriety. You treat it with spirituality. They tried treating alcoholism with sobriety, all of them, most of their lives. And they understood that you can't just stay sober if you're an alcoholic. You will fall to pieces. You will either kill yourself, end up in a mental hospital, or drink again. Those will be your choices if all you do is attempt to stay sober. Now, many, many people can stay sober who attempt it. They are not classified as the alcoholic, like it says in our literature. They, they, they wouldn't be able to make it without some forms of spiritual practice or participation. Right, that's right. Uh, you, you know, so many people say, oh, my father was an alcoholic and he never went to AA. He just stopped drinking. Well, you've made a big mistake there. Your father didn't. Your father didn't make a mistake. He quit drinking. You made a mistake calling him an alcoholic. Because an alcoholic can't just quit drinking and everything's fine. That's not possible. They might have been addicted to alcohol, but being addicted to alcohol and being an alcoholic are two different things. Two different things completely, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous began in 1935. Let me see, did I skip a paragraph? Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, you did. There is two uh, rising interest, that one. There is two, a rising interest in the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. Students of human relations are beginning to wonder how and why AA functions as a society. Why is it, they ask, that in AA no member can sit in personal authority 
over another. That nothing can, uh, nothing like a central government uh, can anywhere be seen. How can a set of traditional principles having no legal force at all hold the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous in unity and effectiveness? The second section of this volume, though designed for AA's membership, will give such inquirers an inside view of AA as never before possible. Now, the 12 traditions, just jumping ahead a little bit, the 12 traditions are, are, are really wonderful principles. Uh, I, I think they came from uh, a combination of mistakes and experience. Um, alcoholics, and I know you know some of them, uh, like I do, Monty. We, we know a few alcoholics. Well, it's very hard to rein them in. It's very hard to give them direction. It's very hard to hand them a set of rules and bylaws and, and tell them you, you need to operate within this. There's no one more obstinate or, or more willing to bend or break rules uh, than alcoholics are. So I, I, think, I think in the early days they tried uh, to put laws together. They tried to have membership requirements. They, they tried to force people into a certain method of operation, and they failed. And, and it, they, they came to the conclusion that the traditions were just going to be this, a list of best practices. We have found that if you operate within your group along these parameters, your chances are going to be better. You know, and that's really what they are. They're spiritual principles. They're not. They're not laws. Uh, anyone in a twelve-step fellowship has has as much right to break these traditions as anyone has a right to to try to force them out of the fellowship for doing so. You have more of a right to break these than someone has a right to try to kick you out. It, it's funny. So, but really, really, what they are is they're they're what we would call today best practices, and. You have every right in the world to, to, to go against them. However, we have seen that if you do, you, you might pay for, uh, pay for that uh, with, a, uh, uh, with a spree. You might pay for that by having your group uh, blow up and dissolve. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so, you know in, the, in the concepts, there's, there's 12 concepts for world service also. In the 12th concept, there's a wonderful, uh, wonderful piece of writing about punitive action. And it basically says Alcoholics Anonymous can have no punitive action against a person or a group for breaking any of these rules or traditions. And, I, you know, I love that. I love that. They're, they're basically telling us that no, no one is going to be the police. No one, no one is going no to be, you know, uh, 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 the judge, jury, and executioner with this stuff. And every once in a while, in groups, it happens that people appoint themselves the, the holders of the traditions. And, and, you know, a lot of times they pay for, they pay for that uh, position with a spree also. Right. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous began in 1935 at Akron, Ohio, as the outcome of a meeting between a well-known surgeon and a New York broker. Both were severe cases of alcoholism and were destined to become co-founders of the AA Fellowship. The basic principles of AA, as they are known today, were borrowed mainly from the fields of religion and medicine, though some ideas upon which success finally depended were the result of noting the behavior and the needs of the fellowship themselves. After three years of trial and error in selecting the most workable tenets upon which the society could be based, 
and after a large amount of failure in getting alcoholics to recover, three successful groups emerged. The first at Akron, the second at New York, and the third at Cleveland. And it was the one at Cleveland that probably had the best recovery statistics. That's back when they, they kept track of their membership and who was staying sober and who wasn't. Even, even then, it was hard to find two score of such recoveries in all three groups. Um, the trial and error period, uh, what they're talking about there, Monty, is until the Cleveland group was formed, and that was formed basically uh, about almost five years after Bill and Bob started working with alcoholics. Until then, much of the fellowship was still very much involved and affiliated with the Oxford group. And the Osher Group was uh, was a Christian movement. You've had uh, you've had Dick B on your show. Uh, I don't think there's a, um, a a more well-informed historian on the Osher Group and their early inf- influence on AA than, than he is. Mm-hmm. And he certainly he certainly can speak to it better than I can. But at least in the first four years uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, they were meeting in conjunction with. Uh, and and revolving around uh, the Oxford Group meetings and the Oxford Group people. And it was there that they learned uh, most, if not all, of the spiritual principles uh, found in the 12 Steps uh, and the recovery process. Nevertheless, the Infant Society determined to set down its experience in a book which finally reached the public in April of 1939. At this time, the recoveries numbered about 100. The book was called Alcoholics Anonymous, and from it, the fellowship took its name. That's funny. They weren't called AA members until the book Alcoholics Anonymous was published, like four years later. Interesting. They were basically a group of drunks within the Oxford group. Right. Uh, one of the things that Bill kind of leaves out in a lot of uh, in a lot of the historical uh, mentions in the Twelve and Twelve and the the book Alcoholics Anonymous, is how how important the Oxford group was. He did that for a reason. Um, he really thought that by implying an affiliation with a specific religious group, um, that would be that would be hurting uh, the opportunities of people who got a hold of this literature uh, for them to find their own path to uh, to recovery. Uh, sobriety and, uh, and and fellowships, you know whether that was a, a right or a wrong move. Uh, uh, that's what that's what they did, and that's really the reason why he doesn't give the Oxford Group uh, as much credit as he does in, uh, in other writings. You know, in in uh, in passing on and in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous comes of age, and Doctor Bob and the Good Old Timers, and some of the other books of historical interest uh, to Alcoholics Anonymous. More credit is given to the Oxford mm-hmm. people, Stan Maker, and, and people like that. Um, in the book, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, was described from the alcoholics. Alcoholism was described from the alcoholics' point of view. The spiritual ideas of the society were codified for the first time in the Twelve Steps, and the application of these steps to the alcoholics' dilemma was made clear. So that's very, very important right there. It says in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps, their application, and how to apply them to your dilemma if you're an alcoholic. That is made clear in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. That's not necessarily the intent 
of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. This would be a good good spot for me to ask you the question. Okay. Okay. Here it is. We spoke once about this, and you've said it several times to me, that the book 12 Steps and 12 Traditions can be a very dangerous book. I agree with that. Let, let's, say, let's say you're brand new in a fellowship. Let's say you're right off the streets and you're, you're trying to get sober, uh, and you go, you go to a meeting and they've got a bunch of books around, and, it, and the steps on the wall says, you know, the 12 steps, these are the steps we took to recover from alcoholism. So you look at the books, and you see a book called Alcoholics Anonymous, and then you see a book called The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And you want to know about the steps and how to take the steps so you can recover from alcoholism. Which book are you going to pick up? Well, if I'm brand new, the one that says 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, because it matches that's what's not, on the wall. <laughs> that's not where the instructions for the steps are. No, it's so, not. So, so basically what you'll be doing is you're going to be picking up the wrong book. That's right. That, that's why I see it as, as, as incredibly dangerous. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to keep reading here, and, and, uh, and it'll, make, it'll make that point even more. Okay. The, remainder of, the remainder of the book was devoted to 30 stories or case histories in which the alcoholics described their drinking experiences and recoveries. This established identification with the alcoholic readers and proved to them that the virtually impossible had now become possible. The book Alcoholics Anonymous became the basic text of the fellowship, and it still is. This present volume proposes to broaden and deepen the understanding of the 12 steps as first written in the earlier work. So that basically tells us right there what this book, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, is about, at least the first part, which are the 12 steps. It proposes to broaden and deepen the understanding of the 12 steps as first written in the earlier work. Now, the understanding of the 12 steps not to broaden and deepen the application of the 12 steps. The application of the 12 steps is made clear in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. That is how you take the steps by following the instructions there. This will broaden and deepen the understanding of the 12 steps, this book. And you don't understand your way out of alcoholism. You have to, you have to, you have to act your way out of, out of alcoholism. So, again... One more book that gives us knowledge, one more book that gives us information, is one more book that can be very, very dangerous. Because what we need is we need a spiritual experience. We don't need more knowledge. Right. Lack of knowledge is not our dilemma. Lack of power is our dilemma. Amen. And the application of the 12 steps in the book Alcoholics Anonymous puts us in the presence of the power. There you go, man. That's it. With the, with the publication of the book Alcoholics Anonymous in 1939, the pioneering period ended, and a prodigious chain reaction set in as the recovered alcoholics carried their message to still others. As the recovered alcoholics carried their message to still others. It's not just the book Alcoholics Anonymous that calls people who have gone through the steps recovered. It's the 12 and 12. In the next years, alcoholics flocked to AA by tens of thousands, largely as the, that's where the 12 traditions really does help. Everywhere there arose threatening questions of membership money, personal relations, public relations, management of groups, clubs, and scores of other complexities. It was out of this vast welter of explosive experience that AA's 12 traditions took form and were first published in 1946 
and later confirmed at AA's first international convention held at Cleveland in 1950. The tradition section of this volume portrays in some detail the experience which finally produced the 12 traditions and so gave AA its present form, substance, and unity. So again, um, the essays on the 12 traditions here, the traditions were already stated uh, in the short and the long form uh, prior to the publication of the book, The 12 and 12. The 12 traditions as they're written in this particular book aren't necessarily telling you exactly what the tradition is as much as it's giving you information on how the tradition was developed. The traditions are the traditions, and they're, they've, they've been published uh, in the grapevine and in other places since 1946. Gotcha. As AA now enters maturity, it has begun to reach into 40 foreign lands. There's many more than that now. Yeah. At least, 100, at least 180 countries. In the view of its friends, this is but the beginning of its unique and valuable service. It is hoped that this volume will afford all who read it a close-up view of the principles and forces which have made Alcoholics Anonymous what it is. And then it gives a little bit of information on how you can write to AA's General Service Office. Just please don't expect an answer. You know, back in the, back in the early days, <laughs> uh, uh, they, they actually answered you. Uh, you know, do not hold your breath uh, waiting for an answer now, especially if you're at, especially if you're asking them something that they may find uncomfortable, which is about most anything. Let, let, let me ask you a question. You said something in the beginning that I thought was very interesting, and I thought maybe some listeners would ask the question why, and that is, you said that you wouldn't trust, you know, uh, somebody to to rewrite this thing, particularly if they came out of uh, the, the general service office. How come? I know why, but you, you explain it to the listeners. Well, uh, you know, I, I won't. I, I'm certainly not going to say I am an expert on uh, the general service office and, and what it does. Uh, I'm, right. I'm close. I'm close to a couple of uh, trustees. You know, I've paid attention over the years to uh, to, to what's going on there at a surface level. But, I, you know, I, I do know this. I do know that uh, one of the biggest mistakes uh, that uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous General Service uh, ever made was to allow the copyrights to lapse on the first and second uh, edition of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. There was... Uh, they just they just dropped the ball. I mean, it was time it was time to renew those particular copyrights, and you could have done so, and and they just they just didn't take the action that was necessary. So all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, the book Alcoholics Anonymous is in the public domain, which means anybody can print it that wants to. You you, you know you could put you could print a Monty uh, a twelve step radio edition of the Big Book if you uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous if you wanted to. And uh, that was a, that was a huge huge mistake. So they they have uh, they have taken great pains uh, with putting people uh, uh, putting people into the service structure, revolving around uh, uh, the uh, the literature and, and those those parts of um, the board, and they're. They're very serious about paying attention to this stuff because they know that they've made mistakes in the past. Now, um, part of why I would be hesitant 
to hand off a project to someone in general service to say rewrite the, the book Alcoholics Anonymous or the 12 and 12 is their history of, you know, uh, making grave errors in those departments of uh, the general service office. The other is, is that you would really have to convince me that someone is, someone is an, an experienced and qualified author, someone who understands this stuff from a working experience, not just uh, an editorial experience. You would have to convince me. There's also been many mistakes that have been made in the uh, in the recent past with with forwards and with dust jackets uh, that have to do with uh, with some of the literature that's been coming out. There there were there was up there was outcries when the dust jacket for the fourth edition came out. There was an outcry when the forward to the fourth edition came out because it was so glaringly mistaken in, in, in such fundamental ways. Now, now, you know, if they can't get a dust jacket right, if they can't get a forward <laughs> right, would you, would you want them to rewrite the book that has helped millions of people uh, get sober? Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Bill is dead. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't rewrite his stuff without opening the door to, to messing it up. Yeah. <laughs> You're not I, I don't care if it's sexist. I don't care if it talks about things that people don't understand. There are period dictionaries that you can use. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be tolerant. You need tolerance is one of the things that the big book is going to be asking you to be to recover from alcoholism. So if you have an intolerance to the sexist terminology in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, you need to get over that to get over alcoholism. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're going to live in a world that's like that anyway. Well, you change the book for you. you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> you, you need to work on your intolerance. <laughs> that is a really good point. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, we're almost out of time. This, this, is, this has been great. You know, one of the things I love about uh, uh, folks, what, what Chris Schroeder is able to do, is not a lot of people can make an introduction and a forward actually come to life. And Chris, you do that very well, man. You keep you, you keep us interested. You keep us wanting more. And so many people cheat themselves out of so many books by never ever reading the preface, the forward, the introduction. They just start right off, you know. And particularly when it has something to do with life and death like this. So uh, I just want to tell you thank you. I appreciate so much uh, how God has gifted you with being able to communicate this way. You know, uh, thank you for that. In most most of these books, I believe that I'm, I'm sure that the book Alcoholics Anonymous is a textbook. I believe that Twelve and Twelve is a text too. And, and the definition of a textbook is a book that's providing information so you can master a certain subject matter, so you can master it. And it also needs to be taught. Textbooks needs to be taught. Uh, if if you could if you could master a subject by just reading a textbook, you wouldn't have to go to college. All you'd have to do is go to the college bookstore. So uh, so these are textbooks. They do need to be taught. Uh, and uh, you know I, th- I think it's important if you if you are going to be a member of a twelve step fellowship, it's important for you to be an informed member. So that you're helping with the solution and not, you know, contributing right. to the problem. Right, right. One of the
one of the thing, one of the things that's so frustrating for me to hear is is when somebody uh, uh, in in a meeting and it, it, this goes for just about any twelve step meeting, uh, you can hear this. Somebody that's been in there for years, and the topic will be maybe one of the traditions or even one of the steps, and the guy will say, "Well, I really don't know that much about that particular uh, topic." Uh, however. And then they go on to talk about something else. It's like, you've been in here for 26 years, man. You, you telling me you don't understand tradition one? You telling me you don't understand tradition, uh, step one? I, and I, I scratch my head and I think maybe the guy's not an alcoholic. Uh, you're, and, you're, you know, you're, 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 probably, you're probably right. Uh, I think, I think there's, an ur- there's an urgency to master this information and this. Uh, and gain uh, this experience if you are an alcoholic. You don't last long if you don't. So a lot of times the people who, uh, who, who've been coming around 100 years, there's no sense of urgency uh, for them to take the steps. There's no, there's no sense of urgency uh, for them to really fully understand uh, uh, the literature or the traditions. They're, they're, really, they're really happy with just being fellowship members and really think that that's the whole point anyway. And you, you ne- you're never going to convince them that they're wrong. I'm not even sure that you, sh- you should try. Right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what you should do, though, is if somebody is still is is suffering from alcoholism, and you have the ability to uh, or the opportunity to help those people uh, carry a message to them of recovery and help them get through the steps. That's that's your primary. That's your primary purpose. You, you need to you need to do that if you can. Um, you know, uh, trying to teach a meeting how wrong it is has has wasted a lot of uh, a lot of time for a lot of people. Sure, you know who have tried to do that. Sure, sure. Well, my friend, we are out of time. Next week, uh, we will be talking about step one. Is that correct? Absolutely. All right. This has been a, a great hour. I, I love it, folks. Our email address here is take12radio at comcast.net. Some of you who are using Google Chrome and some other browsers, you need to erase your uh, internet, uh, the temporary internet files and your cache because if you don't, you're going to come to our website and you're going to see an older version of it because your uh, browser has been keeping that older version in its memory. So you need to, to erase your uh, cache. We've got some complaints. That's how you do that. And uh, you'll see the updated shows. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. And uh, we're just so excited to be here again with Chris Schroeder and doing this uh, workshop walking through the 12 by 12. Chris, thank you, my brother. Okay, Monty. We'll see you next week. All right. All right, folks. Remember, we're wishing... This has been a broadcast. Serenity. Recovery Broadcast. For you.